This is All About Home Construction. And here's your hosts, Terry Canel Beck and Randy Blake. That's right. Good morning, Randy. Happy Saturday, man. Hey, happy Saturday to you. It's a it's a beautiful summer Saturday. That's that's about all we need to know. Typical summer weather. Hot, maybe some rain, probably not at your house. <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty much it, right? I mean, what else could you ask for? So. Well, you never know. It, you know, it. I don't know how to. The weather's weird. It certainly has been, but uh, hey, if, are you bored after the show? No, you got something to do. I'm not gonna come ref with you. No, I have to go ref. <laughs> but there's uh, if if all of, all, oh. of our, all of our listeners though, there's the the high country crank ups going on. Uh, they should they should go check it out after the show. Gates open at nine o'clock. Go over there, deep gap, and uh, check out all the the, uh, the the hit and miss engines, the tractors, and all the other cool stuff like that. Well, it's, you know, it's been a few years yeah. since. We've, yeah, we've been there for sure, for sure. And I, I talked. I was so I was actually trying to go yesterday, and then got home from work, and I have these things called kids, and they took up my time. Oh, and next thing I know, I, after playing video games uh, with the kids, uh, I didn't make it any further. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about that. But you, I really, I really was planning on going out, and it just didn't happen. Well, are you uh, saying you're getting older? I'm saying I'm getting lazy, apparently. But yeah, no, uh, it's. But I talked to some people, and uh, there's a good turnout out there, and uh, lots of cool stuff. So it's definitely, definitely something you can do this morning and uh, or today. Go check them out. Tell them hello. So. See a part of hit- history that has disappeared a long time. Right. Ago. I mean, we we've talked a lot about that, and and I mean, we all love history on the here on this show. But it's just cool to see some of that stuff in action, and you know, it's. It, it, it it ties into construction and agriculture because that's that's what makes the world work, right? I mean, like yep. that's all. Some of the stuff that you see there was, you know, somewhat primitive, I guess you would say, uh, compared to today's t- technology. But you know, you got to learn how to walk before you run, and uh, a lot of that stuff is. I don't know. It's just cool to see. Cool to see. Yes, it is. Uh, lathes and shingle mills and stuff like that's out there, and then uh, you know, the, of course, all the tractors and stuff like that too the engines but it's good stuff man we enjoy it so go check it out nine o'clock i think the gates are open at least take your grandchildren right or your children you know uh they'll see things that they oh i know that they'll look over in school so what it is yeah yep it's definitely cool so well we want to thank our sponsors don't forget pro roofing group thanks for sponsoring the show and they're uh if you need to give them a call, give them a call, 828-434-3896. They also have a website, proroofinggroup.com. They'll help you all the way through the insurance process if you need to, to work on your roof. So give them a call. Yep, that way you get somebody with insurance. That's a big thing, right? Yep. But, uh, well, so how's uh, how's the world of construction this week? Pretty good. You know, the weather wasn't bad. Uh we're still working on that uh, wild deck. Nice. And uh, that's good. I still love that Italian uh, tile. Tile. Yeah, that's yep. pretty cool stuff, man. I like it. Like I said before, I like that you can. It's not just. It's not just the like typical, you know, pressure treated wood, just like everybody else's deck. Well, it gives us some character. You know, after finding out that uh, treated lumber now comes in twenty, thirty, and forty year. 
and with my deck uh being six year old and already got a hole in it size of a yeah. coffee cup yeah. and so uh you know trex decking is all cheaper now than right. 40 year trees yep. and and you can actually buy it at all buy it all the way up to a 50 year product got you well i know this is last week's topic but i'd, I'd I did think about one question over the week, and that is, do you ever have to seal it? Is there is there a maintenance on it? No, but you do have to install it correctly. And uh, remember when the synthetic decking came out? Yep. Uh, you know, it was about an inch and a quarter thick, mm-hmm. brown or gray. And it was a great product, but it wasn't installed correctly. Gotcha. You know, it used to be when treated decking first came out, or we started using treated decking in the 70s, early 70s. You know, we always put a 16-penny nail in it. Right. To give it the gap. gap. Right. Well, a lot of people with the synthetic decking don't didn't leave the adequate amount of gap. And didn't take the time to put a spacer in right. it. Right. So if you take leaves or any kind of like limbs, debris, and stuff like that, that would fall on it and get in the cracks. That's what was started to, to rot. Ah, it breaks it down that Because way. it has, you know, it has to dry out. Right. It can't stay damp. And where it was staying damp was what was causing it to fail. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, good stuff. So. And I did learn this last week that uh, Trex was made by Exxon Mobil. Yeah. And their uh, uh, plastics division hmm. there you go i didn't know that yeah i didn't either to us you know let's listen, right. listen to a business report on the company and uh but just think you know everybody wants to get rid of crude oil but we're all tied to crude oil and everything we touch that's it everything's got plastic just about so and well um, makes uh, you want to go back to leather and glass i know i know i'm, I'm a big fan of leather and glass but you know it's not as durable. I'm, and, well, it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't hold up. It, it breaks easier. So and there's a reason plastic is so popular. So. Well, you know, we have to ask Buck because, you know, uh, insulation was all made out of recycled. Right. Broke pop bottles, yep. you know, glass, them and marbles. Yep. Yep. I'll tell you what, we'll get into the rest of the show for today. So, you know, Randy, so many times on the show we talk about things and we just assume that the listener knows, like, what we're talking about. And, and I mean that in a nice way. But, like, you know, we, we have everything from homeowners to, you know, those who own their own construction business, right, yep. that listen to our show. And I, I've thought about it a while back. Thought, you know, we, we use a lot of terms on this on the show that – we just assume that everybody knows what we're talking about. So I thought it'd be a fun topic today to just sort of talk about different construction terms um, that you may hear, you know, in and around the construction industry. And uh, I thought that'd be a, a fun little, uh, fun little show we could, we could throw in. So what yep. do you think? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Tell you what, we'll take a quick break and we'll come right back and get started on that. So stay tuned. That's right. All about home construction here on WATA. And again, thanks to our sponsors, Pro Roofing Group. Give them a call 
or check out their website, proroofinggroup.com. They are a certified master roofer. So again, thanks for sponsoring the show. So some construction terms. I want to start out with uh, with an easy one here. So maybe this would be a little bit of a test for you, Randy. Maybe maybe that's what I'm doing is testing your knowledge this week. Um, but what exactly, uh, general contractor? We use that one a lot. Which again, you know, we just sort of assume everyone knows what we're talking about. But but what is the definition of a general contractor? A general contractor, a person that does commercial work. There, yeah. There's uh, a difference between a residential and a uh, general. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, general can take you all into industrial and everything. Just a whole different set of code standards. Not not in residential, but when you get into commercial, yep. there's a whole different ball game right there. Yeah. When you're talking about, a you know, sort of a general contractor, you know, residential and, and commercial, like, they're not necessarily the guys that will be swinging the hammers and... and cutting the, the 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 boards in half right uh, i mean they, they've got a lot more responsibility typically like uh i mean they, they sort of manage i mean the management part Correct. comes in there um so they they have the management in, in the terms of like scheduling and getting the subcontractors out and uh you know monitoring budgets and and timelines and we things do, like that we do the we're the we're the chief uh bottle washer yeah you know we do it all line up and everything uh people don't think much about it but you know in our industry just like terry's talking about the terminology when you sat down to do an estimate you know you've got about forty, fifty thousand line items in, that right. you can look through yeah and that's the reason you know i guess about uh i don't know 18 years ago i went to a uh estimating program Mm-hmm. And you know North Carolina's got a pretty good standard, you know, for teaching contractors because they start where it's supposed to be, right? In the footer, start with grading, you know. And that's the thing: a lot of people know what they want, but they just don't know how to go about it. Yep. yep. And like I tell people, it's it's A B C D. It's not A C D A B. Yeah. You know, you have to follow the standards. That's it. That's it. Well, speaking of letters, what about CAD? What about CAD? What's CAD? CAD? Oh, that's computed aided design. And uh, now those guys right there, guys, gals, you know, uh, Icon's got a girl that designs. And, you know, it it takes a lot of brain power to run a CAD system. That's it. So it's really just a software, though, that that helps you design and model all sorts of pretty much everything in the building. like the sort of the building process, right? The design yeah. process. It uh, CAD is one of the oldest systems that's been around. Uh, there's a lot of newer systems that came out in the late '90s that can be a little uh, friendlier than CAD. Right. CAD, CAD, which they can all be quite complicated. And you know, when we work on our computer and we see a, you know across the top of the screen different tools that we can use, like for invoicing and stuff like that, like QuickBooks, QuickBooks. Right. Uh, takes care of the billing for a contractor. I don't use QuickBooks. I use a different form. But uh, today's programs, a lot of them are tied into QuickBooks right. on your estimation oh, yeah. software. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then you got a. Uh, uh, if you get on the other side of CAD, you get like get in the insurance estimate. 
You know, there's insurance uh, estimators out there that update daily. Mm-hmm. That's the reason insurance adjusters can get it out so fast. Sure. And they call that drawing sketch. Yeah. So when they draw and sketch, see, it already spits out the materials for them. Okay. Got you. Uh, CAD does not, as far as I know, CAD doesn't spit out the materials, but it will do the engineering for you, like beams, if you're going to put beams in. Right. Soft plans is a type of program that you can rent. You can't buy it. You have to rent it. Now you have to rent CAD. Okay. Because you can't, you have, it's all, everything's on the cloud. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, you mentioned the word beam. What's a beam? That's what you used to. It's a horizontal member used to hold up something. Yeah, exactly. It runs, typically will run against the main walls of the house uh, at the ceiling level. It basically is a big support, right? Correct. And uh, you can always, we've all seen the house that has a sag in the front porch roof. Yeah. Because the bean wasn't big enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, another thing too that, let's get in, you know, about beams. Beams covers a whole lot of different items too. Right. Because you got uh, regular wood beams, mm-hmm. you can laminate beams out of wood, and then you know uh, in the '90s we came out with uh, LVLs. You know, was where that just like plywood. The only difference is it's made in big blocks, sawed out, and sanded. Okay. And uh, then you get into a product called a paralam, and paralam is one of the wildest pieces of wood I ever seen made. And they take and they shave a tree like big toothpicks. Uh. The only difference is the toothpicks might be two foot long and anywhere from one sixteenth to a quarter of an inch. And then they put them in a big form and they compress them with hot glue. Mm-hmm. So and when they get done with that, they take it and run it through a saw and that's how they get their dimensional. So a lot like what would, you know, like OSB is a lot of chunks put together and glued together to make a, a, a Correct. Instead, instead of a shaving, yeah, you know, it's a splinter. Okay. And that's how it gets its strength. Then you got a paralam beam. And to give you a good indication of a paralam is the old Cove Creek gym because it's a laminated beam system that holds the building together. Right. Okay. So uh, LVLs is a non-treated material. A paralam and a glue lamb, are tr- you can <clears throat> buy those treated so they're good for outside use. Okay. What's the difference between OSB and plywood? Well, plywood is a form of uh, veneering, a log, which we've talked about veneering in the past. Which is, yeah, veneer is just a thin, yeah, just a real thin sheet of, of wood. Right? You know, when I was a kid, uh, plywood was seven ply, half inch plywood. Yep. Okay, and then uh, when OSB came out, it actually come from out in the Midwest where they had a tree called an aspen tree, and it only grew up about eight inches around, and it was a junk tree. And to tell the difference between OS, yellow pine is what they use here in the south now. Right. To aspen board, if you ever see OSB that's got big brown flakes in it and to different brown yeah. colors, that's aspen That's board. aspen, okay. Yeah. And okay. Uh, so it, uh, it, it took off so great that, it ventured into the southern yellow pine, which, you know, that basically makes it the strongest. Well, and, and when you look at it, too, if you've been around, the OSB today is not the same as what you got 20 years ago. No. It, when, it, the, the glues, the technologies to compress it together has changed a lot. Well, you know, when it first came out, they introduced it to us in a, in a bucket of water. 
Yeah. And said, leave it here for 30 days and then measure it again. Well, now if you leave it in water for 30 days, it'll delaminate. Yeah. It's almost like they took the epoxies out of it. Sure. Okay. And then on OSB now, you got to make sure you put it on the right side. One side's wax, one side's not. I know, I know. So that's that's a big question. Like, why, let's say a subfloor. What do you prefer? Wax side up, smooth side down? Uh, smooth side down, or smooth side up. You know, I'd, I'd, rather, a, I'd rather have plywood than OSB when right. it comes to subfloor. Right. If, if you got carpets and stuff, because if the project takes any amount of time, and it does start to, you know, swell on the ends and stuff, then you'll have to go back and sand yep. it and level it. You know, a Vantech, uh, I know you all have seen it on commercials over the years. Well, it was actually created by a company in Charlotte. Hmm. It was a cabinet company, and it was designed with a wax and a, a epoxy resins in it, so it was good for 60 days in the rain, and it had weep holes. Because right. we always had to go back and uh, yep. dr- drill holes in plywood because it was so tight. Yep. Tongue and groove material, but uh, tongue and groove Vantech has weep holes. So. Okay. Okay. Well, you uh, let's go back. You know, we, we talked about the beams, sort of the, the structural parts of the house. Uh, what What's the different? Well, first of all, what's a joist in general? And then we'll get into ceiling joist. Well, a joist is what we walk on. Okay. It, that's the terminology for that. That's a floor joist. And and there's a lot to floor joists because, you know, you build to de- deflection. You build to a span. Mm-hmm. And spans have changed. Where uh, I was told the other day that they're growing a tree big enough in seven years to get a 6 by 6 out of it. Wow. Yellow pine. And so, believe it or not, yellow pine is losing its structural integrity. I was going to – I was just thinking, like, that's not a very strong – yellow pine tree in, in six six months no like i mean you th- you think about that like so i mean when, when you look back at the uh you know the history sort of uh, of of lumber and it, the slow growth the old growth trees make the best lumber because they're tighter the grains yeah they're stronger they grow slower so the grains tighter and, and you know you can you can see that right you you can look you cut open a board and uh, cut open a tree down the middle and you can see how tight that grain structure is if it's uh you know the the grooves the the, the grain itself is, is closer than it's a slower stronger tree the more spread out the faster it grew and the, and the weaker it is correct so. well you know <clears throat> field trees yep. you know they got multiple right. limbs forest trees are tall trunks yep so okay well, so floor joists, what we walk on, ceiling joists is what we look up at, right? Correct. And and they basically support the loads of the ceiling and everything. Uh, the, the the live and dead both both entities take care of live and dead loads. Okay. And what I mean by that is uh, dead loads is the weight of your furniture and stuff like that, and the live load is y'all walking. Okay. Okay. Well. Let's uh, let, let's go from the ceilings and floors with in between the walls. You don't you don't call those joists that go up and down in the walls. What are those things? Stud. Studs. There you go. Studs. Yep. Oh, you're not talking about me again. No. Uh-huh. No. You're you're past that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, but basically, though, 
I mean, when, when we've all seen houses driven, you know, driving down the road, you've seen a house that, uh, you know, being built, it, the studs of the, 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 uh, the, you know, the, the, the two by fours, the two by sixes, you know, things like that are sticking up in the walls. Correct. But there's more work. than just that. Well, so. Right, right. Yeah. Because, you know, in your wall assembly, you got your plates, your studs, your headers, your jacks, your, you know, cripples. Yep. And then you have two top plates. There you go. We're going to break those down in just a moment, but we have a caller on the air. Good morning, caller. Good morning, guys. How's it going? We're doing great. How about yourself, buddy? Ah, uh, better than I deserve, but for the grace, no doubt. A uh, real quick question for you. And, uh, I'm learning more that by listening than talking. But uh, the thought had crossed my mind, I, I have a gamble roof, a barn roof, and I seem to remember that the interior walls under that span are independent of supporting the roof, and they can be moved around. Am I correct? Yes, in the gambro, yes. See, it's all designed to stand on its own. And okay, you know, the gambrel, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about a little remodeling project, and uh, there could be some walls moved around, and it wouldn't be anything structural that'd have to be braced up. Shouldn't be. Uh, just remember, that's a, a Dutch design on that roof. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, uh, the only thing you need to look at is uh, see if they got any spreaders in it. Because, you know, like that big barn I got in front of the house, it's got two one-inch steel beams or steel shafts, posts, poles to keep it from spreading. Okay. And that's it. Okay. I got you. So, so it doesn't push the walls out from under the roof. Yeah. A lot of them, uh, you know, they, like my other's uncle's barns, there's nothing in it. It's just a framed-up gable roof, just like what you have, uh-huh. or a gambrel roof. So. Awesome. Okay, well, I'll, I'll hush. I'm learning more listening than talking, but uh, I just that thought crossed my mind, and while I had the opportunity to ask somebody who knows more about it than I do, I thought I would. Nah, we appreciate okay, it. Guys, have a great weekend, okay? You too. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for calling. Yep. Take care. Yep. Give us a call, 262-1567. We'll get you on. So I definitely want to get back to uh you know you you kind of mentioned something he mentioned something there uh load bearing I definitely want to get back into that and and decide how and what that is but first of all let's break down the walls okay we talked about the studs themselves what what's the other so the studs the parts that's going up and down right yep what what else do we need to know and and when it comes to t- terminology for a wall well uh if you take Let's, let's say we start the wall, okay? You're coming off a floor system. You know, you got to chalk a line because you want your wall to be straight. Mm-hmm. All right? Now, good contractors will glue their bottom plate down after they assemble their walls. Okay, and that's just the, the first, just as the name says, bottom plate. That's the, Correct. That's the first board that goes down to, on the wall. That's it. And uh, another thing, uh, true framers, they walk their studs. Mm-hmm. When they nail them together, that way, see your bottom plate and your top plates are 16 inch wider than your studs. Right. See, so that that has works in two different ways. All right. First off, you either go see if you stand on your framing that assembly as you as you nail it and frame it together, that pushes the stud to the floor, the you know the, the bottom plate to the floor, 
and now everything's in alignment together because right. you know if you don't really think about it you know if you're off a of 16th here and you put drywall on it and then you cause that drywall board i mean it's just only going to bow just a little bit but the point of it is it's going to bow, it'll bow. Exactly. eventually there will be some structure issues with the, the drywall and uh but a good contractor he'll glue his plates down on the floor now he's got that wall straight mm -hmm. all right now you have your corners and there's different kinds of corners you can build you know when i grew up everybody built their corner solid mm -hmm. then excuse me then we went from a solid corner to a three block right see so now we can insulate it some and then they come out with a california corner where you can get insulation all the way into the you know all the way into the corners th th that's more of like that for lack of a better description uh, like that l-shaped correct uh kind of t boards put together and like that that little i mean there's more to it than that guys don't don't go out and build it the way i'm describing it. it's hard to describe on the on the radio but i know what you mean by that by that where it's kind of open so that you can't insulate it correct and then you gotta you know like when you build your corners and tees you know not all lumber straight it's mm -hmm. all got a bow in it yep so always put your bows against each other so they fight against each other so it makes it straighter yeah and then you know i've seen some goofy people over the years framing but i you know i worked with one guy and he said ah oh, you don't even need to put it on uh you know three quarter set ahead or three quarter set behind just put the centers on and i said have you ever put wood paneling in the house he said uh no i've always done drywall I said y'all your method right there you'll never get the paneling on the walls yeah and he well, what do you mean i said well what happens if each guy's a half inch off set, setting the head on your studs? It works good for drywall, but it don't work good for yep. paneling. You know, paneling was real big in the 70s. Sure. 60s and 70s. Okay, okay. Because that's, that's when it was a new product. Exactly. Well, good stuff. We'll get into some more terms right after this. Let's take another break. We'll be back. That's right, all about home construction here on WATA. And again, we want to thank our sponsors, Pro Roofing Group. Give them a call, 434-3896. Check out proroofinggroup.com. They, of course, are a master roofer, a certified master roofer. So go check them out. If you have any questions, uh, please contact them. Thanks for sponsoring the yep. show. So, um... Getting a little bit uh, back into some of the terminology and, and things. Again, you know, a lot of this stuff, uh, a lot of listeners may, you know, roll their eyes because they know what they are. But then I, know, I know a lot of a lot of listeners also don't know what these are. And we just assume so much in our conversations that we do. And so uh, hopefully this will help some people out. Yep. So let's um, let's just go on through the list here. Egress. What's an egress? Egress. Well... It has an odd meaning to it, okay? Egress is not for you to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. Egress is for the fire department to get in. And you take a guy 220 pounds with 200 or 160 pounds of equipment, he's got to get in your house some way. Right. And that's where the, the, the code can be confusing is uh, because of uh, it says a minimum of two foot wide and a minimum of two foot high. Well, you got to have a minimum of four cubic feet. Yeah. All right. To get in. And uh, and a lot of times, you know, we've had to replace windows over the years because we missed it. 
You know, we only missed it by a half inch, but a half inch but that's, is a half. Uh, yeah. Well, the the egress itself has to let's, let's take for instance a window. It, it's not the pre frame like it's not the framed out window. It, it's the actual opening. It's the sash itself. You know, so and you know, uh, a house is required to have one three o door. Then you can drop down to a two eight door. Okay. You know, and some people there is some two six doors out there. And that just that just is just the the. Uh, not width, uh, the like yeah, the width, width of, of, the, it, yeah. of the door, and a three O's three foot wide, a two O's uh, two foot eight inches, thirty two yeah. inches. But e- egress is in bathrooms, or not bathrooms, but bedrooms. Okay, because if you're in your sleep, you got to be able to get out of your yeah. house. And, and that's why so many times when people turn or attempt anyway to turn like a basement into a, a bedroom or something, that's usually where the downfall is. Is you can't do that because there's no egress. Correct. And, uh, but they have, you know, uh, there's a company in Lenore that has a basement thing. They'll come in and dig out your foundation. They'll cut a hole in it and they'll put a plastic box on the side of your house. Yep. Will allow you to get egress out of that, that bedroom that, that has no window. Uh, but that's a lot different than, you know, I, we, we, I, th- I think back, you know, some of these, uh, basements where you see like, uh, it looks like a feed froth cut in half, right? You got the the metal, yeah. the rounded thing. That doesn't. That's not considered an egress because it's, that itself would have to be over two or the, meet the two foot. Correct. Uh, and actually, most of those things uh, that go on the side of your house actually have a set of stairs built into them. Okay. So you can get out. Okay. And you know that uh, fire is not a laughing matter because when a fire starts, you want to be able to get out because. Ninety percent of the people die in a fire don't die from uh, the fire; they die from smoking Smoke, and hunting. Exactly. Yep. And I guess you know that's the basement. So when you when you talk about the upstairs, some of the you can turn that window into. So I guess my point is like not all windows are egresses. Yes. But you can turn that in to an egress by some of those. There's I know there's various types of, I guess for lack of a better word, ladders that you can put in i've seen some that like sit inside the wall it's almost like a rope or a chain type ladder that you just open up and pop out and 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 throw it down so to speak um so there's i guess there's different ways of turning an upstairs into an egress also yes it is and be able to get out right that that's the key um is it considered an egress if you can get out onto a roof and then get down with a ladder or yes okay yeah we actually uh Got a project going on that, uh, you know, they didn't like the way the designer designed the windows. And I said, well, you know, you might not like it, but can you imagine the window on the other side of the house and you have to jump down that's 35 foot to the ground? Yeah. Or we can put an egress window over here so you can go across your roof. And, you know, you can jump down eight foot without getting hurt. Yeah. No, it depends on your age, you know. Yeah. But, uh and so you got to look at it like that. And, uh, you know, I've talked about it in the past, about the codes being changed, yeah. about uh, deadbolts. Right. You know, deadbolts come out, they had a key lock on the inside and outside. And in Pinehurst, the elder lady died because she lived in a neighborhood where she had to have bars on her windows. So her only way out was her front door or back door. Yep. And well, she didn't get out. Speaking of doors, you know, we hear solid or hollow what's the difference in those 
Well, we all remember when you was a kid slamming your bedroom door and it rattled. Mm-hmm. That's a holocore. <laughs> that's basically where they've taken veneer. And that's it. And it's a, frame, just, a frame and a veneer, and, and there's nothing in between. It's actually got a, a, a one-and-a-quarter wooden piece all the way around with a middle piece with cardboard on the inside to yep. try to make it quiet. Perfect. Uh, solid core. It's a solid. What it, it is is what it says. It's solid all the way through. Yep. Okay. Uh, Bill had called in and mentioned something about moving walls and, and not you know being supported. So the, that that leads me to think about load bearing walls. So what is a load bearing wall? Load bearing uh, can carry your roof framing, you know, like over a, a bay window, mm-hmm. or you walk, you know, the older homes, you walk through your house and you got a beam that sticks down as you go into the dining room, you know, a cased opening. That's generally a load-bearing wall. How do you determine, I mean, the, the easy ones are the, you know, like you had mentioned, the windows. How do you determine in the middle of a house what is load-bearing and what's not? A uh, load-bearing wall runs parallel with the outside walls. Okay. Because okay. your rafters goes generally from front to back. Yeah. Whichever way your rafters run. Your load-bearing walls be perpendicular. Okay. Anything parallels generally not. Gotcha. Okay. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, I guess, uh, and the reason I'm asking that is a load-bearing wall does as it says. It holds that. You know, it helps hold the structure above it. Whereas a non-load-bearing wall, you can that just uh, yeah, you take a hammer to it, knock it out, and it's not going to affect the structure of the house. That's right. Okay. Well, good. Uh, well, let's. Uh, we got a few more minutes here. Let's see what else have we not talked about here. Um, what's uh, we did we talk about rafters? What's a rafter? Rafter is what holds your sheeting on the roof. That's your roof. Yeah. Okay. You got like Bill. He's he has a gambrel roof, which is designed by the, you know, the Dutch. Yeah. Uh, uh, French did a Manfords. You know, that's the real steep ones with a flat roof on top. Yeah. Okay. All right. English, gable roof. Scots, people like that. And uh, so that's the different roof designs. Okay. Times. Um, how about, now, think about this, a tie. And I'm not talking about what you don't wear around your neck. I'm talking about building now. What's a tie? You talking about a collar tie? Yep. Collar tie is what uh, holds the rafters together. No, you have your, your rafters come up to a ridge pole. At one time, you didn't necessarily have to use a ridge pole. You could... Uh, you could butt them together, and then you're, you most of those time had board sheeting. Okay. So what's a ridge pole? Ridge pole is what holds the rafters up, I so know. they can't fall. There but you your go. collar tie goes underneath, and there is a speck for the height from down from the roof that you put your collar tie, and that is to keep your rafters on long spans from, you know, coming in. Okay. It stabilizes. See, it all works together. It's tying together. Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, that's good stuff. Good stuff. So. You know, again, like a lot of this stuff, uh, we just assume we know. And, and, you know, I mean, I I know a lot more than I'm letting on. Don't get me wrong. I'm trying to to trick you up a little bit. Uh, um, You know, we we didn't even talk about that. You know, we talked about OSB and plywood. We got particle boards. I mean, you know, and and we talked about laminates. You know, some of those things are, again, just various sheeting products, Um, you know, and, and siding. I mean, we could do a whole show of different types of siding itself yep um you know and, and we have right uh i guess you know a couple more here as, as we start to, to wind down is uh 
let's go into more of the not the construction side but the house side you like uh we talked about a, a contractor a subcontractor someone who specializes like in a specific building trait right yep. so you would have you know drywall so that's all you do or uh, wood floors that's that's all you do um what about you know some of the different types i mean drywall obviously is it like a gypsum type i guess it i guess it's all made out of gypsum anymore right it is uh you know we had a uh golly in the 90s was it mm-hmm. when the chinese drywall came over and had asbestos in it right you know that the, the quarter inch drywall had asbestos in it okay and uh but you know it started in the 50s at least drywall coming in the houses yeah. but it was only a quarter inch thick and they didn't have tape for it okay so you caulked it and painted it and now, I know a lot of times you see the word sheetrock get mixed in with drywall. Sheetrocks is just kind of like Kleenex and, and tissues, right? Like sheetrocks is just a name brand that's yep. kind of taken over, uh, being used, uh, kind of cover it all. So, so the, I guess the real, the technical term would be drywall, but sheetrock is sort of like the, the, the go-to name, I guess you'd say. Yep. Uh, you know, it has a lot to do who the original manufacturer was of it. I mean, it, it's pretty wild to watch drywall being made. Because it's actually a, a slurry. Yeah. And, you know, you got a big roll of paper here, and it's turned up, and the machine goes through, and it rolls the edge up, and then it pours it. And, you know, this drywall goes out, and it's in a monster roll. As it goes on, and it starts drying, but it's still wet, and it rolls it back up, and then takes it to another plant. Ah. And, uh, uh, or puts the paper on it, the white paper, and then cuts it into lengths and dries it permanent. So it it stays in a roll until they drive in sheets. Yeah, I always wondered that part, and it makes sense because you can see those. If you ever look at the edges, you can see sort of that where the paper goes up on the edge. Correct. That yeah. you know you got the brown paper on yeah. the back and then the white paper on the front. Yep. And uh, but it just it's wild to watch. It's been a long time. But, uh, if you ever, every now and then you'll get to see this old house where they'll go to companies. Yeah. And they'll go to manufacture, and okay. uh, there there was some gypsum I think mined out of Spruce Pine, North Carolina. I believe it. I believe it. All right, what's shiplap? We're talking about you know wood walls. I mean, well, you know, you have your butt joint, you know, which is common for you know what they call S four S lumber, and then you got tongue and groove. Tongue and groove is a way to seals, and then shiplap goes over. See, and so on shiplap. You hang it on the wall. You always the tongue goes up, so the lap goes down. So when you nail it, you don't nail it through the ship lap, but you nail it right above, so the wood can expand and contract. And it's just a way of shutting air out. Okay. But now the codes have changed on that since 2012, where if you put ship lap, uh, tongue and groove on your ceilings or walls, you have to put a vapor barrier behind it. Okay. So that's where Buck would come in real right. good with his blown-in insulation because he puts a vapor barrier on the wall, so now you've stopped air infiltration from coming through. Good stuff. Well, hopefully that helps some people out um, You know, as, as we start to round up the show. Don't forget the High Country Crank Up going on pretty much right now. We're going to open the gates right now. So uh, go over and check that out. And again, we want to thank our sponsors, Pro Roofing Group. Thanks for sponsoring the show. Yep. Thanks for all of our listeners. Thanks for all of our callers and uh Randy, I guess we'll see you and do it again next time. Yep. Sound like a plan? Yep. 
All right. Well, thanks to, for listening all about home construction. Until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast, All About Home Construction. Our show airs live on WATA Radio in Boone, North Carolina, every Saturday morning. Check out our Facebook page, All About Home Construction. Leave your tips and comments there. Also, subscribe, like, and share this with a friend.